You're listening to Dead Candy. Dedicated entertainment for the dead. Slash Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Introducing first, out of the red corner, he has over 1,000 kills and has been brought back to life seven times. Donning a red and green sweater and brown fedora hat. The man with the claw to stop them all from Elm Street, Ohio, the Springwood Slasher, Freddy Krueger. Now, ladies and gentlemen, out of the blue corner, his opponent, over 1,200 kills. Ten times resurrected, and he's got one mean machete. Ladies and gentlemen, from Camp Crystal Lake, introducing the Tower of Power, Spaghetti Strainer, One-Eyed Freak, Jason Voorhees! Slasher's Paradise. We're in the ring tonight. Pow, pow, baby. It's time. time. It is finally here, Lance. We are in the Slasher's Paradise with two of the most iconic slashers of all time facing off in a movie aptly named Freddy versus Jason. About time. It's like 13 years. My goodness, man. 1986, I believe, is when Paramount approached New Line about doing a Freddy versus Jason. New Line now owns both properties. So now we get Freddy versus Jason in 2003. I mean, honestly, this might have been finally the first time. I mean, it is the first time we see them, but dream scenarios or, or or matchups for fans have been happening since whew, since the beginning since the the first time these folks ever uh entered the the cinema verse right right it'd be like oh it'd be so cool my friend and it's the guy he's back the the guy who wrote into fangoria he's back <laughs> yes. uh, it would be like so cool if freddie and jason just like tussled uh i would just like absolutely love it but like if you can't make it work fine i'll just write like a graphic novel but it's okay uh but just make sure there's like tons of nudity and i hope that freddie wins and then they would get another report and it would end almost it'd be the same thing okay. and then it would end with oh but just make sure that jason wins okay you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who wins in this if it's New Line that owns Freddy first and then they get Jason? 
who wins? I think this is what the problem was from the beginning, Lance. Is yeah. like, how can we make sure that each franchise, each uh, IP, each iconic character is given their just do you know you don't want to chump them out right nobody wants a job to the other <laughs> right because we're, we're talking wrestling terms essentially we're, we're protecting one you're protecting the brand for both of them right and it's only smart business to do that absolutely because like let's just folks let me just give you a, an example let's peek back the curtain real quick if we are already going to stay on wrestling terms what it's called is when, let's just say, you have two super icons like, I don't know, The Rock and John Cena. You're not going to get one match out of them, which no. would be fine. Yeah. It would be fantastic. It could be. But what would be better is if you got maybe three matches out right. of them and you took so much money from everyone. Right. So the way you do that is by protecting each component, each opponent and component of the uh, matchup and you don't job one out to the other. So in this case, you have Fred heads, a lot of fans of Freddy who do not want to see Freddy lose. I would be in that camp. Okay. And then you have a lot of, you know, hockey team <laughs> oh, you know, okay. fans of the goalie fans of okay. jason who do not want to see jason lose no absolutely not why would, would i be, want to see jason lose would you be on that side yes absolutely i'm on jason's side i grew up watching jason Voorhees and michael myers so i'm gonna take jason's side 100 i actually i grew up watching all of them obviously but um when jason came out i was like ah you're trying to be michael peace out Holmes. i'm oh, gonna watch man. you from afar but my brother, who is like, we obviously, my, my brother's a huge thing. We grew up together watching these movies. His favorite slasher of all time is Freddy Krueger. So I was bringing up Michael. He was bringing Freddy. And Freddy, Freddy is, you know, he's a, in a league of his own. If I'm, if I'm going to be honest, he is in a complete league of his own. Okay. Um, for our listeners, welcome to Slasher's Paradise. If you haven't realized, that's Danny and I am Lance. Uh, we've got a matchup today for you. Something totally different that we have not had in Slasher's Paradise. It's a very, it's it's a big oddity in the Slasher world. It's a matchup between Freddy and Jason today. Um, let's get down to business so we can get into this whole matchup. And before that, just real quick, I don't believe we've seen anything like this Uh to date, this no. has been pretty much the only time you have pitted such amazing intellectual properties against each other. I'm not I'm not counting Avengers or anything like that. Right, I'm right. counting two separate entities that have different studios that run them and, and back them and like created them essentially facing off against each other. I think this is the first time, at least for sure, uh, one of the only times in the horror genre we see this. Right. Okay. So let's get down to business and then we can kind of take off from there. Danny, we have a game that we play here called Slashword. Tell me all about Slashword. Slashword, folks, for uh, all of you new listeners, uh, this is the first time you're going to hear for you returning listeners. Get ready because we're back into Slashword, which is the Slasher's Paradise version of the popular game Password, wherein when you do hear the Slashword said throughout the show, throughout the podcast, please take a drink. And if 
you haven't guessed it by now, Lance and I have already started Slash Word early this day. <laughs> so we are having a lot of fun. But when you do hear that word, take a drink, it could be alcoholic. It, could, it doesn't have to be. You could just be taking a sip of Mountain Dew if you want to. I don't really care. But I do ask that while you are doing it, please, you participate and enjoy Slash Word and have fun. And every time we play Slasher, we have a special caller that calls in, sometimes from the horror world, usually from the movie world, at least. Uh, Danny, who's our caller today? Well, Lance, I don't think it was an accident that we were foreboding at all in our intro when we were talking about wrestling terms. And uh, I thought it would be great to get a combatant who has been was used to big prize fights, so to speak, and big moments, and may have been in a roundabout way introduced by Michael Buffer. <laughs> Folks, I have got the one, the only, the Texas rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, to call in today for the slash work. Oh, wow. What a guess. He has his own podcast, by the way. Uh, all right, Stone Cold, you are on the line. What is the slash word of the night? Hey, Slasher, Stone Cold Steve Austin here with the slash word of the day. Goddamn, it's fight. Because I want to see these two guys fight, and that's the bottom line, because I said so. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think uh, you would appreciate what we're doing because uh, he loves to say that whatever uh, someone is drinking uh, is a good you know, libation to have if it is alcoholic, but he does love to, uh, you know, talk about his own drinks and call them tasty beverages. Uh, cause Stone Cold does have his own line of beers. If y'all aren't aware, some tasty beverages. Actually, you brought me one of his beers. It was amazing. Uh, was it the IPA? Yes. Yeah. The IPA was so good. You actually brought it when we recorded. He has the time. IPA. He also has an American lager out, yeah, which that. makes way more sense. If you're going to be doing beer bashes and such, it's just not as heavy. Probably. I'm, I'm sure the alcohol level is up there as well, but it's more like a, like a domestic. I think it's the next time we record, we need the IPA though. It was very good. It's like a tangerine dream come true. <gasps> tangerine uh, dream. <laughs> opening up the portals once again to legend. All the right. sound- okay. I'm sorry. Danny. We got to focus here. I'll focus. Okay, Danny, uh, what is our, again, it's summer. We're finishing up here for Jason, summer camp, everything. Uh, what is our, our, <laughs> our Pina Killada for Freddy versus Jason? Uh, yeah, but now that you had that little slip of the tongue, I was like, would there be some sort of a tropical drink with pumpkin? Maybe it doesn't lend mm. itself. But anyway, anyway, let's just keep it. Let's just keep it here with Pina Killada, the Slashes Paradise Pina Killada summary of Freddy versus Jason by Danny Gonzalez. Two iconic slashers finally have clashed in this otherworldly showdown that pits Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees, wherein Freddy, who gets his power from the fear and uh, lore that he presents when he kills people has lost his power because folks have forgot about him. So Freddy in the depths of hell has searched for someone to in earth uh, in real world <laughs> mimic his kills so that folks can start talking about Freddy again, which would then regain Freddy his powers and then thus allow him to return to kill again. But in doing so, he resurrects none other 
Then Jason Voorhees, who is a nonstop killing machine and just doesn't know when to turn it off. So Freddy, having done that, doesn't like that Jason doesn't want to stop killing. And Jason, who is a nonstop killing machine, wants to stop Freddy from getting in his way because he just doesn't like him. And who's going to win? We'll find out at the end of Freddy versus Jason. All right. Well done. Uh, quick breakdown of Freddy versus Jason. The movie was released on August 13th, 2003. Great year. Great year. Uh, budget was $30 million. And our box office was $116.6 million. We got $36 million on the opening weekend. By Beautiful. The way. I was there made yeah we made all of our money back in the opening weekend can you imagine Fantastic. i think i was there too i do remember seeing this in the theater yeah uh it's directed by ronnie Yu. uh the writers consider wes craven mark swift damian shannon and victor miller these are kind of writers you know what i mean like these are their characters so they had a touch of writing in this well victor and wes would be based on characters but they made the, the main writers are the other two that you right. mentioned exactly all right starring robert england uh monica kina kelly Rowland, jason ritter chris marquette Catherine isabel mm. Mm. and <laughs> that's all i'm gonna go with for now uh and Ken Kersinger, right? Sure. Yes. I mean, he he does star. He, He's, okay. Robert England is the uh, superstar, but Ken Kersinger is the one that is playing Jason Voorhees. We're going to get into that. Yes. Uh, that is the breakdown. Now we can get to the final battle. Well. Uh, so Danny said this in the um, Pina Colada. It's Freddy's not remembered at this point nobody knows who freddy is anymore he can't come back if no one remembers he can't come back if no one's afraid <laughs> what i love about the way this movie starts lance is that they uh do the old trope of let's just remind you folks these are the players mm -hmm. but it's really tough because you have the you have a task of showing an, an entire motion picture an entire feature film but you cannot waste time with a uh, backstory, but you do have to catch the folks up, even the casual fans, because you do want to make money. Right. So you got to tell Jason fans who have never seen Freddy, which is real. Yeah. Like that is legitimate. There are folks who watch Friday the 13th and have never seen one single Nightmare on Elm Street and vice versa. So you are catching both folks up in a bloated intro that has freddy <laughs> it really does it uh, yeah. has freddy krueger basically fooling jason to come back to life by uh impersonating mimicking taking on the form of jason's mother who is it's presumed to be mrs Voorhees. it is not uh betsy palmer who is the original mrs Voorhees. That is not who is portraying mrs Voorhees right now will we have uh someone else but here's the thing I love that she tells Jason, Jason, my special, special boy. And you're just like, oh, yay. yay. They're doing Jason. The, They're talking about Jason. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's not Betsy Palmer, but it's somebody who's talking about Jason. And you're like, yay, I'm so excited. And then she goes, no matter what they do to you, you cannot die. You can never die. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I hated that. It sounded so fucking loose it sounded so weak i'm like 
you have to in literally what five minutes into the yeah. movie you have to say something so like, okay is he gonna put more effort into not dying i don't understand the line it feels like a big throwaway line you know it's, what I, mean? I think i think this line is more intended to tell everyone this is what jason's all about mm-hmm. and i hate it I hate every single minute of the way that line is said. However, Lance, before I get too ahead of everything, I do want the folks who are listening. Thank you all so much. Our slashers out there uh, for coming into the slashers paradise. I do want you all to know. I. Like this movie. Me too. I like this movie, Lance. I do too. It might be rooted in when I watch this movie, there may be a lot of nostalgia. Nostalgia sells, as we know, it, it's always going to be. Uh, and there might be something there. But I watched this again recently, and a lot of the same feelings came back of what I love about this movie, or like in the sense. Um, <laughs> but I do want to say that I am not, this is not going to be a shit on podcast like uh, Just Goes to Hell or anything that is like really trashy. But I will say, folks, I like Freddy versus Jason. I have such a fun time with it. I can also speak for uh, my wife, who also enjoys the shit out of this movie too. So I, I really enjoy it too. I think for the time that it finally came out, uh, it does justice to both worlds yeah. in that era, two thousand three. I have to say, I'm gonna say it right now, I love the fucking soundtrack. Like. It was so me at that time. We want to talk about special times and were you did good, you good fun times for us? Black eyeliner lens that you I oh no, I wasn't into the that. spike. No, up. I was into new metal and that's what the entire soundtrack is. It, but it kind of fits the movie because the movie is so freaking fast paced that you're like, oh yeah, metal music makes sense. You know what I mean? It's all rock. It's no like Friday the thirteenth. There's like a it's a weird middle. Because there's not like the Friday the 13th soundtrack. There's not the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack. It's just what was modern at the time. And it kind of fits the movie because it's so fast paced and rock and roll based. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I'm in. I bought the soundtrack. I played it to death because I loved it so much. Lance, I feel like I let our listeners down for last episode. Our last episode? Jason X? Yeah. No. Yes. Jason X. I don't think I mentioned one time anyone's hairdo. So I must talk about it in this one, Lance. I'm a victim. I swear I was alive at that time. And I was alive in the sense of like I was creating my own hairstyle, give and take. But it is so hilarious to see every dude in this pretty much every dude mostly has the uh caesar style (laughs) haircut the the bangs are definitely there nobody's doing like the the hair raised or anything like that even if it's to the side or whatever there are many bangs but every dude has that sort of like messy grungy just sort of like uh the time that's what it was yeah they 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 put la looks in their hair (laughs) or uh mocos de gorilla that is an actual hair product, just so you know, which actually translates to uh, gorilla boogers. Great. So, <laughs> um, what a tall order, Lance. What a tall order to do justice to both franchises yeah. and still create something where legitimately there is an actual fight between the two where you think, oh, shit, there's going to be a legitimate winner. Right. It's it. 
is a tall order. It's such a tall order that they spent a lot of money trying to get scripts for this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah about $6 million. Good God. Just in scripts that they were going to throw away. So uh, of the official scripts read and like considered for this movie, there was actually 10 screenplays over 16 writers and it took what 13 years 80 okay i'm i suck at math 86 to 2003 basically mm. Mm. so that's way over 13 years that's uh 16 years we're talking about that be they were thinking about doing a versus movie uh at the new blood right so that's 88 85, 80 oh yes you're yeah. right 88 Okay, when they were legitimately thinking about doing Okay, one. when they wrote and filmed, though, so like 87, 86, somewhere in there is when Paramount was like, hey, uh, New Line, let's let's meet up. And this is 2003. Like, horror films have changed so much since then. The styles have changed. We haven't seen Freddy in a few years. We've seen, we saw Jason last year, but it was a totally different kind of movie. Jason yeah, in you space. Were, you weren't supposed to think about Jason being here because... He was in the future, right? So it didn't make right. sense. So it didn't care. Nobody cared. But we see Jason now. And okay, let's just break it down real quick. Freddy, we get when we first see Freddy, he's apparently the narrator that's going to take us through most of this, right? Yeah. Uh, Freddy looks a little different than the last time we saw him. Um, obviously, it's based largely, it's contingent on the way Robert England himself looks. Mm hmm. But uh, the makeup is heavy. It sucks because when you're looking at it uh, in the Blu-ray sort of like upscale definition, you see a lot of like, oh, that's really fucking fake. You know, <laughs> the the makeup on, on Freddy. But let's push that aside because let's just take that for what it is. I like to accept the flaws of this one. I didn't accept the Jason X flaws because it's like, you're setting something in the future, so it should look better. Mm -hmm. This one, you're like, this is what we got right now. This is this is what we think it is, right? Yeah. It's not saying like, look at the new stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point that I'm trying to make here is, is that when you see Freddy, he's talking. He's like, yes, it was the children that gave me my power. And you're like, oh, shit, Freddy's talking to us right off the bat. <laughs> and then they show Freddy. He's breaking the fourth wall. He's talking to us. Yeah. He's got sharp pennywise style teeth that are like blood stain like he's bitten something yeah but the, yeah and they look but they're they're they're, they're yeah. yeah they're sharp and then he's got like these blue like pale blue eyes that are all red veins red veins not bloodshot but like red veined eyes it's almost like he did all the cocaine <laughs> <laughs> all the cocaine that hell had to offer exactly so it's presumed when you're if you were following along the timeline you watch this and you're like okay so freddy is i guess in hell because the last time we saw freddy legitimately legitimately saw freddy we saw him in a new nightmare mm. but as far as the continuation of the timeline they're taking it from freddy's dead where they sent him to hell essentially right uh that's okay so that's like when you saw freddy installment you saw freddy reach up from the ground at the end of jason goes to hell and pull down jason's mask through the ground which was uh, presumably going to hell yeah so it is believed that both of these folks <laughs> both <laughs> of these entities that is freddy krueger and jason Voorhees, are in hell so 
live from hell, it's Freddy Krueger coming in live to tell us what his plan is. Okay, I guess. But then Jason's origin is kind of like he's buried in the ground. So it was almost like a weird translation of Jason Goes to Hell where it's like, no, he just sank to the ground. Because then it's like his heart is exposed. It's like, it's almost like Tommy Jarvis came and resurrected him again sort of a thing. Like he died and Jason Goes to Hell apparently. And here's his carcass. And now we're bringing him back to life because Freddy said so. Right. Um, It's almost like if it's Freddy doing it, he has to be getting to Jason in like a dreamscape or or, right. or subconscious sort of like realm of Jason. <laughs> so if he was able to manipulate him and like pose as his mom, it must be that Jason has taken the eternal sleep, right? So they're taking a whole standpoint on the afterlife okay. where they're sick. Yeah, you're explaining this because it's like, otherwise it's a plot hole because why can't Freddy just do that to everyone else? Because the whole point is that nobody remembers Freddy. Mm-hmm. So he has to go to Jason. So you're right. Okay, yeah. you've, you've explained that little yeah. plot hole perfectly. Yeah, so he's he's affecting Jason or he's getting to Jason in Jason's like, uh, because since Jason can't die, but he's, again, his his body is buried in the ground his mind is still going his peanut sized mind is still going <laughs> and jason sorry excuse me freddie said but i found someone someone who will make them remember i had to search the bowels of hell it's like okay that's a lot of extra effort to look for somebody why didn't you just like resurrect you know uh Dahmer or like Gacy or <laughs> okay. so or Bundy or whatever, right? Yeah, but don't forget that Jason has over twelve hundred kills at this point. Uh, that's all. That number is low if we remember <laughs> for Jason X. Actually, he will get more because it's in the future. Yeah. Excuse right, me. Right, right, right. I'm so sorry. Am I in trouble? Okay. So <laughs> well. <laughs> so Freddie is basically saying I have manipulated Jason to do my bidding. I want to resurrect him or b- make him resurrect himself because that's his DNA to go to Elm Street, which is in Springwood, Ohio, mm. and kill people again and so that it tricks people into thinking that i'm back right and the fear of that will resurrect me and so he will be reunited but what i do like about this lance more than anything and this might be kind of me bleeding into what they did in the remake for nightmare on elm street versus what they do here they do not miss a beat insane that freddy krueger was a fucking child killer yeah it's almost like the immediate thing i was a child killer he doesn't say that but it is the first thing you see so this is going to lead into something else that we both don't care for in this film but ronnie you wanted people to root for jason Voorhees in this film essentially i hate hate that lance yeah i hate it too because you're making us Pick you're, a, you're curving the fans you know what i mean so it's like let us choose and just write the damn story but you make freddy the absolute villain and then we recast jason from kane hotter and then you make him this like doting like i guess we're supposed to care for him because he's like slow and he's a mama's boy and there's nothing edgy or terrible about jason anymore now immediately we're supposed to root for him it's almost like it's, it's go ahead. No, I, I I think I agree that 
that was an error. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that that was an error on the filmmaker's part because if you did not want one IP to take uh, or do the job <laughs> to the other, you already did. Yeah. That in itself tells me that Freddy's the bigger threat and Freddy is the bigger foe. So when you do that, I'm already thinking, oh, Jason, piece of shit. Freddy, even if Freddy loses, he's already, um, which actually is the way I have always viewed this movie and the way like I've like, okay, I haven't had, I haven't had like real arguments with people about this movie, <laughs> but like I've had like a situation where people are like, okay, so who do you think won, Freddy or Jason? I'm like, well, it's obvious that Freddy won. It's freaking obvious that Freddy won, even though Lance is giving me a face. Uh, <laughs> and I'll say because I'm like, well, if it was a legitimate fight between Freddy and Jason, then we shouldn't be picking sides. But apparently this iteration, this depiction of that showdown wants us to pick a side right away. And I hate that because I'm like, it should be them against each other. Whether that makes a good movie or not. Sorry. I don't know if I can say that, but. Yeah, I, it's a lot of what ifs in this mm -hmm. movie. And it obviously was for two decades, you know, or three decades or whatever it was. So, I, you know, it, it's such a bummer. But again, uh, we've mentioned this in our past episodes. Kane Hodder was recasting this and he was waiting the whole time. Like, I want Freddy. I want Robert England. It's the perfect matchup. And he actually would have fit really well into this movie because, like I said, it's not only fast paced, but it's like this rock and roll soundtrack. Like it was a fun event styled movie. And Kane Hodder's portrayal of Jason would have been really, really cool to see in this. There's just something about and no knock on the man himself. He's an amazing stunt performer and he does has done. He has a, a phenomenal career talking about Ken Kersinger, yeah. who is Jason Voorhees for this uh, for most of it. He even Ken uh, had a stunt person do like certain like firewalks and, and, and stunt choreography that he didn't do. But Ken Kersinger. I kind of feel for him, too, because he's put in a situation where the studio is saying what we want to see is tall versus short. Right. Is lumbering versus quick. And yeah, I guess if you're playing Super Smash Brothers, that makes a, that makes sense. But like, honestly, I think it's such a miss because you made this for the fans. So appease the fucking fans. Yeah. I actually agree, and it's too bad because Kane was only, I think, like two or three inches taller than Robert England. That's it's enough. It's enough, but it's not like a huge difference, and that's what they wanted. I don't care, He's Ronnie. But Ronnie used direction for Jason was totally different than what we had seen the last four movies. So right, so he might have handicapped uh, Kane anyway if Kane had got into the movie. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean he wanted him to be this like. He's not even a killing machine at this point. It's just like, you want to root for Jason? We're going to root for him anyway. You know what I mean? The last several films of Jason were like, ooh, what kind of cool yeah. kills are we going to get? We're kind of rooting for Jason anyway, but. Well, well, but that's the thing that like, while in chronological order, Jason X came before this in like the time of the right. lore, Jason X would come way after this. What we see is that, um, they did not Jason X 
gave the power back to Jason to where it wasn't just interesting kills, mm-hmm. where it was scary Jason again. Even okay. though it was kind of, you know, you got your technology and you got your your, your effects in there that 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 maybe may have not aged as well with the with the film. What we get here is just no motive for Jason. You are a pawn. Yeah. You're a you're a a whipping boy for Freddy. Actually, because there ends up being three sides to this fight. There's the human side, which is like, let's fight Freddy. You know what I mean? So they even use Jason on their side of like, and it's a it's a I guess it's a plot uh, mechanism, you know, to be like, oh, well, the humans in this take Jason's side to use against Freddy. Mm-hmm. So, but there ends up being three sides in this fight, unfortunately, which we didn't really want. We didn't really need, you know what I mean? Yeah. So by the way, when we see, when you watch this film, I guess you might as well say Freddy versus Jason versus people. Yeah, truly. It's a triple threat match. It is. So that means that there's no DQs, right? So that means that the champion doesn't have to be pinned in order to lose the title. Who's the champion? Freddy, apparently the way they made him. That's true. I mean, Freddy was the first to hell, so that yeah, I'm here. He he's there searching for things. He's already laid down the logistics. Actually, if we can, <laughs> if we want to break down, I'm, I'm sure eventually I'm going to, and I am now holding my hands together and pleading to Lance <laughs> that we eventually, hopefully, in the near future, not so near future, but eventually, get into the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, this has been a tough. And a uh, tall task for us, but a fun task to do the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah. But in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, you should believe then if he's a dream demon, he has probably been in hell since he died at the hands of the parents when he was burned alive. Right. That's the confusing part. I think. Does he? Yeah. Like what realm does he live in? Does he yeah. live in the hell realm? Is he sort of this? Is he a ghost? So he's in between both worlds. You never you don't know. Right. Yeah. Because then you can pull him out into reality right so that's the hard like what is he you know what yeah. i mean so it depends on which what rules and and like we we mentioned this when folks are writing for jason and writing for probably for freddie but for sure writing for jason is he a supernatural mm-hmm. or is he a base in reality so um the thing is i am okay with the pulling him into reality because that was introduced in the original nightmare yeah so that rule still needs to apply yeah, it, you have to find these weird neutral sites. I mean, we have at one point Jason's in the dream world getting ping ponged by Freddy. Right. And then the next moment it's Freddy in the real world. And now it's not even a fair fight at that point. But then Freddy's fighting for his life, which is hilarious think, and fun. I think that's what was so important about the matchup was that every every sort of fanboy depiction of them two fighting is like, well, then is depends. Jason will kick Freddy's ass in the real world. Freddy would kick Jason's ass in the dream world. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. I guess I could go for almost anybody that right. not. Uh, yeah. Almost anybody that that interacted with Freddy. Yeah. Maybe Rob in Rod in um, Friday the 3rd Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Would have been able to survive Freddy if he was in the real world, but he wasn't. He was in Dream World. Yeah. So that that's the weird kind of thing you have to navigate. You kind of mentioned the other concepts for this film. I told you about the one that I read <laughs> it was like new to me, which was uh, the concept in 1994 that they were going to go with for Freddy versus Jason was 
the night the friday the 13th movies were just movies based on a real killer named jason mm. possibly Voorhees, uh, who was on trial but freddy's real and freddy comes busting out of his chest during the court case and then goes on the run and kills a mall full of people and then somehow animates a cardboard cutout of cyborg jason which was not a concept yet and then cyborg jason and freddy go at it for a minute and then it kind of fades off from there so (laughs) realize how many concepts we had for this movie up until we finally got this movie in 2003 look i'm just gonna mention one more thing about all these other scripts that were thrown at a new line about creating this you know, inevitable matchup that we end up seeing in this movie. But a lot of, let's say, what was the number about how many scripts they legitimately read? Maybe uh, like 10 screenplays, but there was a lot more, honestly. Most of them had a central element of a group of folks who were Freddy enthusiasts, Freddy cults, uh, people who, and, and, and that's, yeah. and that is so ahead of its time. I think that's why people kind of shied away at it. Um, but it's, this is the woulda, coulda, shoulda sort of like world where we live in. Like, also oh, remember that that's the 90s. Like, cults mm-hmm. were huge back then. I mean, cults are huge now, uh, because they're reality. Yeah. But back then it was like the backdoor cults. You know what I mean? Like, uh, think about, um, Michael Myers and Halloween six and, the darker, like, gothy cults. Now yeah. cults are more, like, mainstream, but you just don't know it. But what we see, Lance, is that there was this cult of, uh, for most of these screenplays, there was a cult that of Freddy enthusiasts who were trying to resurrect the idea of Freddy or whatever, and in such either mistakenly res- resurrected Jason or whatever the case may be. But that was always the central plot, so obviously they shied away from that. So yeah, that's the last thing I'll say about like the what ifs of the starts. But we got what we have in this movie with Freddy versus Jason, where Freddy is manipulating Jason to kill folks so that they can remember him. And it is now to, so he can gain his power back. And it is starting. He's done a few kills. We're introduced to a lot of the central characters. You already mentioned them. Monica Kina, who plays, uh, Lori Campbell, which if I may say, is spelled L-O-R-I, which I met a lot of lorries that were spelled that way. But when you hear it, you hear Lori oh, like Lori Strode. Okay. Mm. There's a, okay. So there's a ton of those horror yes. reference as in most Wes Craven theme films or uh, his involvement in most films. Um, so yeah, Lori was actually named after Lori Strode. Great. Um, I wish it wasn't intentional. It was. Of course it was. Of course it was. Uh, there's a couple other ones, and if you want to continue to go down the line, I'll stop you when you hit the point that I want to hit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oof. Uh, maybe that's the only one I could draw right now. Okay. Who else? You, who else was intentional named? Okay. I, so it wasn't necessarily the name, but mm. I'm just gonna go on a. I'm not gonna go on a rant. I never go on a rant when I say I'm going to go on, go on a rant. But, but please do this time. Uh, Catherine Isabel, who plays mm. Gib. What? 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 Kip? Gib. G- okay. Why? What? 
I've heard Kim Gip the whole time. G-I-B-B. Annoying. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't know if there's a reference to the name. Um in the first scene when we are finally introduced to our main cast of Cannon Fodder slash main characters that are gonna filtrate this story. Uh she's wearing a little red hat. Do you know what that's a reference to? No, I don't. PJ Souls, red hat. Carrie. Carrie. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Halloween PJ Souls. Also was in Carrie, but she's got the pigtail. Does she? Is she? Does she have pigtails? No, no, she doesn't. Her she doesn't. Um, it's just the little red cap was only because of a reference to Carrie. Um, uh, Catherine Isabel is a lovely actress. She actually uh, <laughs> and very uh, pretty woman. She actually uh, auditioned for Laurie Campbell, the main thing. Did not get it. Uh, was like, screw it, I'm out of here. But Robert England was such a fan of hers from Ginger Snaps. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. It's a fucking, it's a fantastic, fun uh, werewolf movie. Yeah. Wolf. Werewolf. Wolf. Werewolf. It's a book by Thomas Wolf. 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 <laughs> uh, so Robert England was really excited to work with her. That's what actually brought her back. Um, there's a nude scene of her in this movie. She was not a fan of that. It's her? It is not her. It's it not is her. actually a backup. Ronnie Yu swears that her uh, or that him and Catherine had an agreement about this, but they did not. Catherine was not about the nude scene. Uh, so they got a double, a body double to do her nude scene. Yeah, they got a body double. Uh, All right. She's just a lot of fun in this movie. She's kind of a drunk in the beginning. Um, but she's just kind of a fun character to kind of follow along for a little while. I actually really dug her, dug her portrayal in this movie of Gib. Gib is fine. I don't, I think Gib is fine because she seems like she's got an, a, a motive, uh, that is centered in reality and it, and it goes one way and, and you expect that character to act that way. The people I have a problem with are, the I'm just gonna tell you the the character I hate throughout the entire movie, Kia. Really, I hate that character. I absolutely hate that character because there is no rhymer. There is such a switch in the character's motivation or their outlook that, like, you think this has to be this has to be some sort of like edit or this has to be some sort of like compromise. And what it feels to me is like. Kia's character might be the combination of two. And now that I'm thinking about it, the two original writers uh, actually hired a consultant to come in. And I forget the the, the name right now, but uh, I want to say something like Caruso or and I apologize, folks, but came in to edit the script, which was originally the runtime was originally over two hours. Right. By the way, sign me up for that Freddy versus Jason because I'll be there. <laughs> I will be yeah. there 10 times in a year. I don't give a shit. The point is, is that Kia's character, I feel, is two characters jumbled into one. She's unreasonably, uncontrollably mean and uh, cruel to some of the sort of auxiliary characters. And then just has like a pivot that's like, wait, that's not the way. If you've already told us you're an asshole, you wouldn't be acting that way. So I actually and then honestly has one of the most horrible lines in horror movie history. Which one? Not going to say it. It's at the very end, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it out loud, but it's uh, using a very derogatory term. And uh, 
a lot of folks have actually have to come back and be like, hmm. Yeah, don't know how that got into the script yeah. or yeah, actually that's true. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are like, "Ooh, we missed that one." Yeah. Um and even at the time that word was taboo already. Yeah. And there was a there was already a a, a push to remove that from the zeitgeist or the vernacular or whatever the case may be. So, uh the fact that it was said by this character, it has nothing to do with Kelly Rowland who was chatting with Nelly via Excel sheet on yeah. her uh, sidekick, <laughs> lest we forget. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Kelly Rowland, who I think is a fine individual. Mm. It has everything to do with her red streaks in the hair. What's wrong with the red streaks in the hair around this time? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I mistaken? Did we not learn our lesson from Scream 2 and Gale Weathers <laughs> and Courtney Cox's red streaks where Dewey actually says nice streaks? Okay. My guess is that that was another reference. It has to be, right? Did, was she actually wearing streaks at this time? What an I don't know, but what an awful reference. You just needed to be like, a, hey, do you want to color your hair? Yeah, as long as it's not red fucking streaks. <laughs> and done. Move on. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, Lance, I think we may have jumped so far ahead be until i want to really 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 super really talk about my experience and i think you can agree with when the trailers and the buzz started for this movie Ooh, man yeah there is a poster folks for freddy versus jason that is so good it is so choice it is mint it is just freddy on one side with the claw uh, to the left side if you're looking at the poster Jason on the right side of the poster they are being uh, I guess lit from the back with like gray white and in the middle it just says versus that has been my absolute favorite poster of all time I legitimately I thought I had Jason X I know I had FVJ in my dorm room it, <clears throat> we've talked about this before this movie made sure that the machete was the weapon of choice for jason because it was kind of synonymous but not totally they had to do this i think because freddie legitimately had one weapon it was which a, was his claw this movie was the most marketed horror film i think i've ever seen in my entire life 100 like so you had to have a machete versus the claw jason versus freddie like Everything was a marketing thing. And I'm okay with that. Even Vince. up into the promotion of it, which we kind of redid in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, folks, they had a full-on weigh-in in Las Vegas with Michael Buffer as if they were two boxers about to you know, fight in some sort of prize fight as if it was like Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield. It was legitimate. They pushed it all out. And you know what? I applaud the marketing. Do you want to know why? You have... Uh, ridiculous plot you have a ridiculous ask go for it freaking lean into it yeah. get robert england in there to talk trash to jason i don't give a shit make it fantastic and they sure as shit did yeah. but i will tell you lance it comes from the poster and oh baby sweet jesus when i saw the first trailer <laughs> Oh, it still gives me chills to this moment because I remember me opening my Packard Bell. Okay, that might be too old. I remember opening my Dell desktop computer and watching the trailer on like the official website because that's where like it was held, it was like hosted or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like in 1980, 
this began, which is like alluding to Jason in 1984, his terror reigned or whatever that's alluding to Freddy. And now in 2003, these legends collide and it shows a little bit of Freddy. It shows a little bit of Jason. And then it shows them facing off with flames at the bottom. And then a little bit of Rio from Robert England saying, welcome to my nightmare. And it was that is enough. But right before they face off, there is a, a sound grab from this movie of one of the children who is uh, in an eternal sleep or whatever. And she says, Warn your friends. Warn everyone. Swear to God. Lance, it made me so excited because it's like, yeah, warn everyone. The shit is coming. Yes. The storm is brewing. I am Sarah Con- Connor driving <laughs> from Mexico into the storm. Mira. La tormenta, you know, and she's going. She's like, he says a storm is coming, and she drives off. She's like, I know. Dun, 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 dun. That's the storm. That's what I imagined as a kid. And I told everybody who was around me, I was like, let's go. As a kid, I mean, like I was in high school, but I was like, let's go, let's go. And we went, and I had a fantastic fucking time. The trailer hook, line, and sinker got me, man. Got my money. Got my seven fifty, whatever it was. Yeah, back then. Yeah, it totally <laughs> was about seven fifty, seven eighty five, something like that. Yeah, I remember my theater experience too, just being like the most fanfare theater experience I've ever had up until that point. I never had an experience like that where people are cheering for deaths, cheering mm-hmm. for this. The one thing I'll say about this movie: there's only one moment that actually gave me a fright. <gasps> And I was a big Jason fan, not a big Freddy fan, especially back then. And it was a Freddy moment. And it was the moment of um, uh, Lori's dad's kind of consoling her, giving her like the mm-hmm. uh, the pill sort of a thing. Like, hey, take this. This will help you sleep and all this kind of stuff. And then his face turns into Freddy and like comes into frame really fast. It was the only scare of the entire movie because it just feels... <sighs> Predator actually did this a long time ago. They're like, we want an event film. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand what that was until I remembered Freddy versus Jason. This is an event film you go and see to have fun, eat popcorn and talk shit about. And that's what this movie feels like the entire time. And it's so fast paced and fun that that's the experience that you get to have with this. So one good scare was Freddy. It was caught me off guard. I didn't want to admit it when I was a kid, you know. It's like, okay. It wasn't Freddy that scared me. No, 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 no. It wasn't Freddy, I swear. <laughs> I think too many times, Lance, you and I may uh step away from the idea of why we fell in love with horror movies to begin with, and especially slashers. It's okay to be scared, mm. and there are scary moments in almost almost all of these entities of films. In the Friday the 13th franchise, which is what we're covering right now, and this, and Freddy versus Jason, and Lance, should we set our declaration right now? When we cover Nightmare on Elm Street, will we come back to this installment, or should they just refer to this as our definitive take on this film? We'll see how we're feeling once we get through that. Like, do we need to do Freddy more justice after all of this? Oh, I'm going to do my boy justice. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a swing for him. Okay. He's my guy. But I will say that it goes back from like for everything else, Lance, it goes back to the names mm-hmm. for me, for everything else. You. Yeah. I know that scene. It was like, we got to get you to better. And when yeah. it's like that, he's like, he turns into yeah. Freddie. The names. It's always the names. 
Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. There is a gravitas to these names that speak volumes so that when you're seeing, oh, a random party, by the way, it's so funny in Freddy versus Jason where it like randomly turns into scream. <laughs> yeah, it's it like there was a kill in the beginning. It's like, oh, I'm so tra- I'm so traumatized. One of my friends got killed. It's okay. Distract distract yourself with a party. Let's just talk about this. I'm gonna come back. I swear I'm gonna come back. But let me come back. Let me talk about this corn field party. Holy shit, Lance! I want to throw this cornfield party. The reality is. They better be selling all this corn because every stock, people don't realize every stock of corn lets out at least four or five knobs of corn. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So it's like, look at all these. You just, you just, I, I want to walk through the corn maze and I want to take pictures. That's fine. You don't understand. You have to then harvest that. Okay. And there's a lot of knobs of corn that don't even make it to the plate. Or in this sense, if you dry it up and then you get, am I going too farm for you all? But the, the point is this, I want to be at this party and I have had a corn. Ma- this is the second time that you've broken down. Remember the haystacks from, <laughs> Three from three, right? From three, yeah, yes. three, okay. uh, uh, two, and yeah, three, three, three. Uh, but the, the point is this, Lance. Why won't anyone let me throw a corn field party? Nobody's stopping you. Why won't anyone let me? So I want to tell you something. So 2003. <laughs> so this is like beginning of my high school. These were a thing. Really, raves in the middle of and nowhere were a thing i remember getting invited to them i went to one in my entire life it was exactly what this movie portrays a bunch of kids go out there glow sticks glow sticks only because you can't there was no generators we couldn't afford a, a generator or anything and people just blasting the same music from car to car and some headlights and that's what raves were back then that's what this is is basically a rave from that time yes and i've been to one and i can legitimize this rave this rave is fun. I don't want it though to be that. Okay. I don't need that music. Just kind of let's let's just pepper in some eighties music. You know, a maybe some, or something. Or maybe a little oingo boy. Maybe a little bit of like even flow. Like oh a little Pearl Jam. What okay. do you, you know, let's just get into the mood. Okay, but it's the 2000s, man. That was the 90s. If okay. this movie came out in okay. 94 like they intended, then, then like, okay, you can pa- do the grunge era. But Fine, this let's, is- let's get Power Man 5000. Yeah. Let's get Rob Zombie Il in there. Nino, there's no Rob Zombie. El Nino. There's no Rob Zombie Chimera. in the early 2000s? Well, in the 2000s, but not in this movie. Ah, yes. Yes. El Nino. Yes. Uh, Spine Shank, which is the opening uh, song. I do love about this party is that the guys that are throwing the party, uh, I can, I de- <laughs> it sucks, but I can definitely identify with number 66, uh, the big, <laughs> the bigger dude who's like, take, he's like one of the dudes that's like hosting the party and he has the quote of all quotes. And if anybody went to, uh, Texas Tech with me during, my college tenure there, you will know that I multiple times said this line, which I love forever, which is this Everclear is kicking my ass. <laughs> I, I, and the other one, he says, yeah, let your freak flag fly. Yeah. 
sorry, that's Danny, apparently. <laughs> I, I really caught a vibe from these two that it was like Jay and Silent Bob kind of, you know what I mean? It was a knockoff young yeah. version of those two. They definitely intended with uh, Jay to be the Freebird. Freebird. Is his name Freebird? Is it? I don't know. Uh, they keep on saying Freebird and I, or or something that sounds like that. Uh, Freeberg. 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 <laughs> but I'm Freeberg. just like, Freebird! I remember I was at a Blue Man group concert and someone said Freebird and they played it on the Marimbos. Anyway, getting back to it, um, there are some like ultimate quotes in this movie. Um, obviously, that that this Everclear is kicking my ass, but also, man, that goalie was pissed about something. <laughs> like, that's so funny because it's like, if you have no context, which I thought this movie did pretty well, like there was a, a, an attempt at least to comment on the idea that I don't know who the fuck these people are. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is that I see a goalie mask. Yeah. And I, and that guy's mad. So it's like this, that goalie was pissed about something. Cause I feel like we're more in the world of Elm street, right? I mean, Jason literally goes to think about this from New Jersey all the way to Ohio. Somehow just walks, just walks because he's resurrected from Freddie and Freddie tells him this is your new crystal lake camp crystal lake. So this is Elm street world, mm-hmm. but at least, at least Lance, uh, in that walk, he was able to get his, uh, eyes corrected and the, uh, wonky eye was able to be switched back to the right. Oh yeah. So yeah, thank well, God. Well, this is a fan film. Totally. Oh, great. So, that's why. Yes. Yeah, so we got, uh, those two, uh, quotes, but, um, Folks, we learned really quick that uh, the reason that Freddy was able to lose his power, so to speak, was because the town, if you know anything about the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you know that the parents never believed the kids, right? There was always like, that. you don't believe me. There is a man in my dreams. He's trying to kill me. Okay. So they were like, oh, shit. This is actually legitimate. There is someone in your dreams and they are trying to kill you. So in a roundabout way, the town of Springwood was able to figure out that Freddy gets his power from the fear, the fear of people. So they developed a experimental drug named hypnosil right to then commit the folks who or the kids who had been in contact with freddy to a insane asylum essentially and then give the the drugs essentially to anyone who was having these nightmares because in forgetting and not remembering freddy you subdued him into a nothing right it essentially suppresses all dreams whatsoever when you sleep now so hypnosil, yeah. yeah, yeah, hypnosil, hypnosil. Have we heard about this drug before? It sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Ah, uh, folks, tune in to when we cover Nightmare on Elm Street, the franchise. We may uh, this may be one of the biggest Easter eggs of all time. But hypnosil is definitely the drug that we have as a that is prevalent in this film because our adults are saying we're they're gonna they have treated pr- Freddy like a plague. Yeah, and they are saying if we can contain this right now anyone who is saying this name who thinks it's him who has had dreams about him we can either contain them to one area and give them hypnosis so they'll forget and then thus not spreading the fear of freddy which is basically he's a virus essentially so um that subplot is happening throughout the whole thing because not only are the kids trying to survive that goalie 
who is pissed, like, uh, which is Jason, but they are trying to survive, uh, Freddy. And they also have their parents, the adults, either if it's the police department or their legitimate parents trying to prevent them from essentially falling into this like pattern, uh, that we have always, uh, seen from the Nightmare on Elm Street film. So take this hypnosil. You will forget all about the, the, the ghost demon that is trying to kill you. Yeah. And then, uh, Will Rollins, who's played by Jason Ritter, John Ritter's son, his oh. company, rest in peace, uh, who I loved, actually. Oh. Just a great actor. For so much fun. Um, he's actually one of the kids that's in the asylum. And the asylum scenes are really fun. For me. Like, I think they're really cool and fun. I'm not mad if I'm locked up there. It seemed like totally chill. <laughs> yeah, right? Like the even the orderlies are kind of cool with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not cuckoo's nest. No. But even cuckoo's nest, if you just get rid of Nurse Ratchet, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Um so I there's there's a lot of like little subplots to this movie. And yes. probably, like we're almost an hour in now at this point, and we're not gonna get to all of them because we gotta talk about Freddy versus Jason. But we have a group of kids basically that understand what's going on at yes. this point. Freddy is gaining power because these kids are starting to dream about him and it's starting to spread. The plague is beginning to spread, like Danny said. So now we're on the run. We've got a group of characters that have come together and now we need to pick a side, basically. Yes, but Lance, I do have a problem with the adult sort of game plan, right? If you are trying to give your kids and the other kids that they're associated with hypnosil so that they will forget about Freddy, you've essentially agreed that we all know that this dream demon is real. So why don't you just level with the kids instead of being like, you're upset. Take these pills I have in my hand. I will never fucking take pills if someone prefaces it like that, Lance. Mm -hmm. But if someone is like, all right, let's all just put our chips on the table right now. We understand y'all have been exposed. The only thing we got for you right now is to take these pills because this is the way to forget about the guy that is trying to kill you. That's all we got. That is legitimately all we got. But no, they want to be secret about it. They want to be like, you're upset. Just take these pills. No big deal. Level with the kids. They'll be all right. And then it's, it's, it sucks because they end up trying to get more hypnosil. That is like a huge plot point. Yeah. Actually, they try to get a lot more of it and are like, well, what, you know, you you know, your dad's got some, you try to slip it in your orange juice. Yeah. It, it becomes the sort, it becomes the whole plot for these kids is trying to suppress these dreams. Like, oh shit, that's what you were giving us the whole time. Uh, then Scott Farkas shows up. It's just, this <laughs> you know what I, I'm realizing now is that we are going to have to break this up into two parts eventually. So no, yeah, we're going to have to. So once we do the nightmare on Elm street, we'll come back and do Freddy versus Jason even more. I love um, it. But let's, let's, let's just dive into, uh, some of the awesome things that we know about this movie and how it pertains to Friday the 13th, especially. Yeah. I do not agree with the casting of Ken Kersinger as Jason. I do not agree with the portrayal of a day. I'll just go over here and slash these people up because I don't know any better. Jason Voorhees character. I yeah. hate it. I absolutely hate it. So um, if you did not want the fans. OK, if you wanted the fans to pick a side and root for Jason. True horror fans would have seen this and be like, oh, shit, Freddy's the guy. Yeah. Because he's the legitimate threat. Yeah. But 
Um, Jason does get his 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 kills. You it's know? it's fun. I think they did a good job in the end because I'm like Jason's resurrection makes me feel as if he was just exhausted. It was like this exhaustion of the franchise. You know what I mean? Like, um, I've been through a lot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been through hell. I've been through two different companies. I'll- uh, I am. I've gone to space at this point. Jason is an exhausted source. So when he's like slow moving and shit, I don't personally like it. I think Kane would have been great for this role, especially again, for the pace of the movie and the rock and roll version of it. But him being so doting and like resurrected again, is almost like this exhausted, like, all right, like let's keep going. As far as anyone who has followed the different, uh, avenues that, the slasher's paradise is put out there. Um, my boy Lance has done a masterful job in portraying Jason Voorhees in some of our shorts. <laughs> I will say this is not a knock on you, my friend, but I have never ever been a fan of the jacket wearing uh, moss emanating uh, Jason Voorhees. I've always kind of more been a fan of the way we see him in like the the traditional. Uh, installments of the fra- franchise, maybe three, four, uh, six, even. I do like uh, him and Jason lives. Uh, once it, like the spine and stuff starts starts getting like exposed and such, yeah. I think that's a little too much. But um, I don't know. It just it, it feels to me like he's <laughs> he's he's dressing too similarly, like I would, yeah, you know, with a <laughs> just jacket over a shirt. Um, but for sure, it just it just felt like he was just like this like swamp thing character in this movie with his black head is like uh i've never really liked that i've always liked the flesh tone head uh from four for sure so you're talking about the human still living jason i have yes yeah but the face is always the face right but uh when he start when his head starts turning into a black sort of hue nah not for me yeah but 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 all that to say i think you and i there's so much to dissect from this movie. I think we've had such a blast already thus far, folks. We haven't even touched on and we're going to have to jump into the fight. Yeah. The fight itself. They have a few fights. Our friends, Freddy and Jason, they have a few fights. Actually, maybe a couple. They only have two well, real two, fights. Well, and that's kind of like the formula, right? Is like one time it's in Freddy's world and the other time it's in Jason's world. And that's the whole plot is these humans are like, let's put it in Jason's world so at least one of them that won't terrorize us that we can get away from maybe uh wins what i match yeah what i do love about the dream fight scene is everything okay i absolutely love the dream fight scene but here's the thing um i think there is a lot of oh it's a dream so you can like suspend a lot of your this is supposed to happen or that's not supposed to happen in a dream sequence so it's like it's in the dream world so it's like yeah you could be hokey and funny and like you could regenerate arms and and things of that nature which definitely happens uh freddy basically toys with jason and just lets him know yeah your mom remember your mom that you saw that was me son and here is her severed head doesn't that suck aren't you <laughs> mad and uh that only happens because freddy is able to um infiltrate or possess essentially the uh jay of jay and silent bob's <laughs> sort of character of freeberg and uh basic you know inject jason with a bunch of trank 
tranquilizer, trank, right, trank. tranked him, um, and then infiltrate his brain and then get in there. And uh, as we all know, if you die in the dream world, you die in real life. So Freddy is legitimately going to kill Jason. And Jason is just holding his own for the most part in the dream world until he's not. Yeah. And again, I don't even think we mentioned this. There is a lot more to this movie than I remember, but like Jason gets so powerful that people start fearing him over Freddy. And that's why Freddy's like, all right, time to shut big boy down. Mm -hmm. And that's why the fight begins. And that's when Freddy's like, all right, let's, let's get him into my world where I can take him down and finish him. Uh, but the humans, the, our main cast is like, no, we're, we're picking Jason. We got to keep him alive and we're going to put him in Camp Crystal Lake as his home. It's such a fun, like, plot. I, like, let's get him back to New Jersey. Let's get him back to the camp. Because that's just such a short drive, right? From Ohio to New Jersey. Dude, like, it's got to be a couple hundred miles at least, right? They do right? it in, like, no time, Lance. Oh, I know. They do it in no fucking time. But what's very uh, fun about the dream sequence fight is that it turns from a fight into like, oh, I actually need to know more about you, Jason, than I actually didn't know. So the fight turns more into Jason, uh, Freddy, infiltrating even deeper into the psyche of Jason. Physically and mentally. Yes. Yeah. He beat the shit out of him already physically. Yeah. So he's already got him subdued because like apparently Jason's now afraid of water, which like I always hated. Yeah. I always fucking hated. That's a really bad uh, interpretation because Jason always used the water. Mm hmm. As one of his kills or to go out and get somebody. Yeah. If he, if he was afraid of anything, he'd be afraid of sex. Yeah. Cause that was what was happening while he was drowning. Right. And yeah. he'd be afraid of bullies or, or, or whatever the case may be. So, oh, by the way, the bullies thing has never been canon until this yeah. movie. Yeah. They fully portray Jason as this like kid who was bullied by the other, by the other, uh, campers and it's like uh maybe i don't know that's actually not what we know from the lore of friday the 13th we know that um pamela Voorhees was working at the camp and you know right. it's like it's like that thing it was like oh my mom works there i just go and hang out but yeah. was he an official camper we don't know yeah. was he bullied by the other campers we also don't know that but this movie took a stance on that they said yes he is bullied and you should feel bad for him because they pushed him in the fucking lake. Well, yet again, it was another reason to root for Jason and be like, oh, he's just misunderstood. You know what I mean? Like that it was another yet another ploy. And some of the canon is this is the canon that people remember now. It's like, oh, Jason's afraid of water. So you can always use water against him. It's like, no, like watch the fucking franchise. No, he's not he's afraid of water. He's swimming out there. Like he's submerged and pulling girls under. Like, no, that he's not afraid of the water. So using that as a ploy is an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like questionable lines even though I talked about like the ones that I remember that are like so much fun. Right. And that goalie was pissed about something and like yeah. this ever clear. There is a line that is, was in all the trailers. I'm talking about all the trailers, which was Lori, uh, basically in the arms of, uh, Jason Ritter, um, will, will. And she's like, Freddie versus Jason place your bets oh yeah and every time i heard it in the trailer i was like i like all of what i've seen up until this moment except that i hate this and you know what i'm sure every test audience told them the same thing because they cut it out of the film did they 
Oh, t- place your bets is cut out of the film. I'm pretty sure it's in there. Unless I have no, no, it's not. cut of it. It's not. It's out. It's out. They because uh, I remember Lori saying that. Yeah, no, no. They shot it. It's an alternate deleted scene, but it is not in the film. I promise to God. I promise, son. It is not in there. Okay. Yeah, they cut it out. Um, as soon as Freddie gets out, when Lori pulls him out of the dream world, basically, folks, the 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 plan is to get Lori in there and to since she was able to pull Freddie's ear out at one point. Um, they're like, oh, I can pull the whole man out himself and then just have Jason fight him because we know that Jason's a, a, a killing machine. Okay. When this plan is successful and they do pull Freddy out, she has this moment, at least in the um, trailers, where she says, Freddy versus Jason, place your bets. It was in all the trailers, in all the media and everything. And when you got to the film, they cut it. I feel I I guess my memory is so like in depth into this movie because this is the time that I loved horror films. I love everything about this movie. I knew everything about it when it came out that it's so clear in my mind that scene that it feels like it's it's still in there because they shot it and it is in the trailers like they don't. She just happens at the end. Right. Like I just described it. Yeah. She doesn't just say it. You see it. But no, they cut that part out of when you see it in in the theaters and everyone was like where's the place your bets line we hate it but we want to see it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the dream fight is very cool because freddie gets jason essentially uh in a uh, state where he cannot defend himself and is going to essentially kill him by drowning him. Uh, I felt like there was a nod to Manhattan where he reverts back to being a child. You know, like it felt like there was a nod to the entire franchise just to make sure. I do appreciate though, that I guess the filmmakers or whoever wrote the script as well, pretty much agreed to what, if I represent any sort of the horror fan community, Freddy is the bigger threat. He is the more legitimate threat. And they did things like have him uh, be able to kill Jason. He was going to be the one to kill him legitimately. Mm. Everyone else was trying to kill him. But Freddy was like, oh, this is how I kill him. I drown him. Again, in, his, in dreams. his dreams. Okay. So, um, but, but that's the dream fight. What you, what you very much see is also a real world fight where Laurie pulls him out, right? And, yeah. But everyone's like, ah, shit. Jason's going to take one whack at Freddy. And it's going to be over. Nah, son. They made Freddy <laughs> absolutely be able to take all of the damage, if not inflict way more. And what's so cool about this fight is that it doesn't play off like a normal fight. It plays very martial arty, very kung fu. Um, the director, Ronnie Yu, and his DP, who's named Poon Hang Sang. Okay. Uh, they would map out every fight scene mm-hmm. in their ho- in the hotel room. And what's also really, obviously helpful is that the dp was a a very accomplished martial artist right right so they were filming or or mapping out a lot of these fights between freddie and jason and um it's really cool it's really cool to see that because you're like oh shit it's a legitimate action fight i can get down with that because there's blood everywhere there's there's pizza uh, uh pieces of flesh flying all over the spot it's so much 
fun to watch if you just kind of just be like, all right, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I want to watch these two just duke it out. Yeah. And if for all what this movie does not do, it does this. It lets us see these two fight. And I love that. That's what I was going to say is you said like uh, Freddy takes all the damage. He kind of does, but he's dodging the shit out of every piece of damage that Jason could fly out at him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's fun to see the big brain Freddy versus the small brain Jason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, and Freddy does get a lot of the upper hand, even in the real world. There's like a lot of cool moments. And that's just a testament to Robert England being phenomenal as an actor. Uh, they're fighting in Crystal Lake uh, where the gang, the Scooby gang, for the most part, they are in a van for the love of God, uh, have uh, <laughs> kind of, get, uh, you know, arrived at the point that if Freddy beats Jason, well, shit, then they're screwed. But if Jason wins, then, well, great. He's already at Camp Crystal Lake. So let's take him over there and we can, like, have them fight. It's a roundabout way to just get them to fight at Crystal Lake, essentially. But apparently Crystal Lake's been going under renovation. Yeah. Because Jason's been dead, apparently. I mean, literally his heart was exposed. He was just kind of like part of the soil (laughs) and shit. So, Well, he's very much alive right now. He's taking hit after hit. Uh, Freddy is inflicting so much real world damage to Jason. It's got him impaled with a bunch of rods. Has uh, At one point, Jason hits, punches Freddy. It's almost like when you were playing Super Smash Brothers and one person's Bowser and the other person is like Mario. As soon as Bowser lands the one hit, it's like, oh, shit. Across yeah, the screen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, that would be Jason as Bowser, right? So at one point, he punches Freddy so hard that Freddy like basically goes flying and lands on a bunch of CO2 tanks, hydrogen tanks, yeah. uh, helium tanks. I don't know what the purpose of those is in a construction zone. Uh, but maybe, maybe hydrogen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Freddy's like, oh, shit. Because he accidentally <laughs> scrapes one with his glove, sending it off like a torpedo. So that's a really cool part because he keeps on slashing a bunch of them with his glove. But it also shows you this. Oh, Freddy's actually very strong in the real world. More mm. strong than you might think. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, fighting ability is pretty insane and going against Jason. Even though, like his his flying elbow down on Jason would, like cracked me up the whole time. It was like, oh, come on, Jason, I'm gonna drop the elbow. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but also kudos, obviously Ken Kersinger, just because you're a stunt man doesn't mean that you're like, oh yeah, you're supposed to go through this shit. Like really laid it all on the line. But Robert England was in a lot of these shots, yeah. man. He was hanging upside down. He was, you know, in a lot of these fight sequences. I love it. What pisses me off? The people. Yeah. I hate the end. It's a rigged fight. It is like after all of this and Danny just said it it was like you finally let us in on actually seeing them fight in the real world. You know, at that point, all bets are off. It's it's a fair fight, essentially. So then you have these people coming back, the survivors that are left, which is Lori and Will. And they totally rigged the fight for Jason. They rig it. Freddie is, I think, the clear cut winner because he beat him up in the dream world and he's beating him up in the real world. He's gonna, he's going to kill Jason. He, oh, he's at least gonna subdue him. Like, Jason's not gonna die in the real world. That's probably That's like the what, thing. The, what the catch 22 is. Yeah. It's like you can do as much damage as you want to him, Freddy, in the real world. It's not gonna matter. You can 
stab your fingers into it, both of his eyes, like he's Michael Myers, he's still going to rehabilitate and be fine. Uh, so in the end, does Jason really lose this fight? Because he's just, he never dies in the real world. Well, there's always a way to resurrect Jason, no matter what. Our boy Jason, which is the reason we're talking about this movie, because we've been talking about the Friday the 13th franchise, gets his his shots in. At one point, Freddy, with his glove, has sh- has cut off all of Jason's right-hand fingers, so he can't even grip the machete anymore. And Jason's like, nah, son, I don't actually don't need the machete. Because with blunt force trauma, yeah. I'm going to jab my fist or my fingerless hand into you so hard that it's just going to impale you. Uh, the way this, this movie ends with both of them just kind of like trading blows, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You're almost like feeling like who's going to win. Yeah. And I think that is so much, that is ultimately what I enjoy the most about the end is like, you let the fans think, Oh shit. Is it Freddy? Oh, is it Jason? Oh, is Freddy? Oh, is it Jason? And that's what we wanted. It's a great back and forth. It's a, a, it's a massacre of blood, which is cool. Spraying blood everywhere. Uh, it's exactly what both franchises needed to kind of do and show us for this long awaited matchup between the two franchises. So I, I'm, I was really happy with the ending. Uh, I was really happy with the movie as a whole. I'm like, there's a lot of ways that this movie could have gone. There's a lot of ways that this movie almost went. Yeah. I'm okay with the way that we or with what we got. I mean, yeah, even with the with the deck stacked against my boy Freddy, he was able to uh, come out of the lake uh, sort of minorly uh, scathed, not unscathed, but minorly uh, damaged. And he's about to uh, kill the two kids who have just been a thorn in Lorian will in his side. And what he is about to uh and it's cool. It's like it's like this like false sort of ending because you see someone approaching these two and they're just shot from the bottom and you see the machete at the side yeah. and you see the the legs and you're like, oh, dang, it's Jason, which would have been interesting because it's like you've been helping Jason the whole time and now Jason's just going to kill you. Yeah. But when they raise the machete up, oh, boy, it's our green and red sweater wearing boy, Freddy, who's about to drive the final blow. But earlier jason had ripped his hand off his arm off that had his claw on and jammed that through jay uh freddy's chest and had that been the end of it lance maybe honestly maybe but then you get this girl Lori, to get up get the machete and say welcome to my nightmare bitch and chop freddy's head off uh uh audible groan in the theaters from pretty much everyone that I was around when this happened. It's like, you are not in the mix. Yeah. It's not called Freddy versus Jason versus Lori. Right. It's just not. Yeah. It it was an unfortunate um, tail ending because, again, you gave us pretty much everything that we wanted. We got a good enough story to feed us and you get Jason kind of getting the best of Freddy, Freddy maybe getting the best of J- like so much back and forth. Yeah. It was like such a cool fight. It could have been a neutral ending and it would have been great. Go yep. cut to credits. We have survivors who gives a shit about that. I don't care about them. Right. But instead 
Lori's the one that prevails. Jason's still kind of alive, but he's like, I'm too tired to deal with y'all. So I'm yeah. going to go to the bottom of the lake again. It regenerate. And then the final scene we see, folks, is uh, cut to dawn, essentially. Yeah. Fog on the water of Crystal Lake. Jason emerging from Crystal Lake. Victorious. Victorious. It's everyone in the theater thought that they saw the presumed uh, decision. Jason coming out of the lake, holding with his chopped off fingered hand, Freddy Krueger's head. Oh, my God. That's it. Jason Voorhees is the champion. He has won. And zoom in, though, on the head of Freddy Krueger, who looks at the camera and gives a big old wink with the Nightmare on Elm Street theme just kind of playing the tail end there. And that is the end of Freddy versus Jason. So who won? Freddy. Or Jason. But Freddy actually won. But Jason won because he's not dead. Uh, but when you look at Freddy in this moment, it leads me to believe that Freddy won. Okay, but Jason's holding his severed head. And so, I mean, and we saw Jason just being like, I'm going to chill the bottom of the lake for a little while until the next movie. But let me ask you this. If you were a severed head, would you have the wherewithal to wink at a camera? That just shows me that you are ultimately in control. Okay, you're back in Freddy's dream, but the real fight was won by Jason. Just, what you said this at the beginning of the episode, right? Let's let's pull into three fights. There's not just one fight. There's more than one. So this particular fight, who won? Freddy. Jason. Freddy. Jason. Absolutely 100% Jason won this fight. Freddy won the this fight. The last person that we, or the last fighter that we saw alive in this movie was Jason. If the head is alive, winking at me? It's in a dream. It's not real. So then Jason isn't walking out of the, the water? No. So, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my goodness. All right. Well, cut to metal music and an incredible ending to Freddy versus Jason. My gosh, man. That was so much fun. I I, I think we, I, I agree with you that we are going to have to tackle wow. this bad boy again yeah, because there's so much more I want to talk about. But uh, that just, that just is a testament to the reality of that two fans here present day, this moment can have a articulate, I hope, <laughs> but a uh, very definitive and specific conversation about things about this movie that we for sure remember and want to talk about and that's not even scratching the surface there's like so many other notes that i have here that i really wish we could have uh tackled but like uh perhaps for another episode yeah down the line um wow how many uh machetes do you give freddie versus jason i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna sweat this one man i'm gonna give it 100 percent freddie versus jason for machetes perfect i'm actually agreeing with you again it's in uh, if you watch or listen to our last episode i said it's like in a different tier jason x is kind of in a different tier freddie versus jason is kind of in a different tier i don't find it scary but i'm gonna give it four machetes because it's so rewatchable and i know this movie like the back of my hand it's bizarre because of the time it came out how many times i've seen it since i remember the day the dvd came out all the special features and i my dad was back uh, coming back from work, I'm like, yo, dad, I need you to pick up Freddy versus Jason. It came out today. It's on a Tuesday at Best Buy. 
Um, I'm going to need that. Brings it home at like <laughs> 2 p.m. I watch it three times straight. And that was my experience with the DVD. Man, I love that. It was a part of, I think, the original Friday the 13th box uh, set that was uh, released in DVD form. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been in the It doesn't matter because like, I had this one separately. I remember the blue hue of the cover of them basically facing off against each other. Uh, it worked out to return the eye of Jason to what we... Uh, what is what is canon his right eye uh being the one that is wonky because in the poster they were able to put him on if you're looking at the poster the right side so that means his left eye is open looking mm-hmm. at freddy so yeah and even then even then his right eye is open in this one at a certain point but it's, it's still it, wonky and it's still at least correct from the franchise it, it righted the ship it's not supposed to be in the eye hole i'll tell you that yeah it's way lower yeah but we're on the right track. How many did, did you say your machetes? Four as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was so happy that you said four as well. So yeah, we can just agree on something for once. Um, <laughs> all right. Until next time. That's Danny. I'm Lance. Reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets and join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Welcome to my nightmare. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to Facebook.com slash Dead Candy Fix. That's D-E-D, Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.